Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. The Match Ball. Hello then and welcome to the return of the Match Ball podcast from Oslo at the Square Ball. I'm Dan Moylan. With me is Michael Normanson. Hello. And Moscowite, Daniel Chapman. Hello. Podcast brought to you by Levi Solicitors, 10% off your legal fees. If you go through the square ball, head to levisolicitors.co.uk forward slash the square ball. Right then. Uh, football's back. Michael, you're a fucking idiot. <laughs> Why? Because you were optimistic going into this and it's all your fault. Yeah, I've basically unwrapped a dead puppy for Christmas is the way it's feeling at the moment. It's what we wanted. We wanted football back. All we, we dreamed of. I liked football a lot more when it wasn't here. And I, in particular, I liked all the Leeds players more when they weren't on a pitch. I've seen them all on the videos and stuff. And I thought, what a great bunch of lads. They've all said some some quite nice, positive things. I think Calvin and Pat have said some good things about Black Lives Matter. And I thought, oh, I'm quite proud of the, the way they're dealing with this. And um, then we have to play football. You could pick and choose before, couldn't you? You could just put on the the Liverpool... 4-3 game and watch Viduka scoring four again and again and again and again as seemed to be happening during lockdown when it was just, we don't know what to, what, what to show you. Oh, here's, here's Viduka scoring four. I think I might go home and watch Viduka scoring four. The positive to take from today is that we still have the same gap to third that we had going into the game with one fewer game to play. That's the positive. And it's a better gap than it was before Saturday as well. Fulham losing. That's the same gap, isn't it? But we lost. But we lost. Don't we get? Don't we extend the gap for that? <laughs> Surely there's a moral. Bit. I'm looking at the league table. Well, I mean, it's a while since I've looked at any league tables. I think we should have a bigger gap to third. No, afraid who not. do I write to? Uh, Sean Harvey. So come on, then let's um, let's pick it apart. What's gone wrong today? Not to uh, belabor a point that we were we were mad about before um, the lockdown. But if anybody has forgotten the concept of expected goals, I can bring that rushing back into your lives with the news that today's score was 0.3 to Cardiff, 2.08 to Leeds. This is not enough of an argument was made about this during the lockdown that we could settle the season on XG and we'd probably have won the Champions League. Very disappointing today, though, but it wasn't necessarily going. I know Bamford was profligate again with the, the sort of chances that he did or half chances, if you want to call them that. But it, it happened at the back, didn't it? First Calvin, because we were fine until then. And then um, Liam Cooper. We basically have to send Calvin on loan to Holland now, don't we? If he's made a, an error at Cardiff, isn't that the click rule? Thomas Christensen will have been watching that fuming. 
I mean, there's nothing you can do, is there, about things like that? It's it's one of those that watching us play again, I'd forgotten just how terrifying it was. There were a few bits where we were threading passes in between their strikers, and you think, God, like I'd forgotten just how hair raising this this style of play was. But I mean, the Calvin's mistake was just dead simple pass. He wasn't even trying to do anything complicated. It was just a, something to do a hundred times, absolutely fine. We should have probably closed him down better. Still, I thought after after giving him the chance to run at us, it did seem like he we he sort of shimmied to go one way and all the defenders went with him and then he just twatted it in the other with his other foot into the other corner. If Cardiff had been defending that chance, they probably just would have clattered him and then the referee would have just said, play on. That's absolutely fine. Right, yeah. And, and he showed him onto the outside, didn't he? Which is what you'd expect your defenders to do, but they did give him a lot of space on the edge of that box. Do you just put that down to the break and not being quite switched onto it or what? Being Leedsy is how it felt. Felt very, very Leedsy. Unless you're inside Calvin's head when he, he did that, you don't know exactly what happened and there was the moment as soon as he played that ball, you saw him look up to the skies. Oh, fuck! And um, and it's true. I mean, we are always very dicey at the back, but we're we're almost better when it's in those close positions where there's players bearing in and we're we're pinging it about and getting it out. That's fine because everybody's on it and everybody's concentrating. I think Calvin just thought he had all the time in the world, and you could see Liam Cooper kind of saying, "Ah, oh, just pass it over there to Whitey. It'll be fine." And he play, plays it out and then nobody's really thought about the, uh, the guy in the blue shirt. Because I felt terribly nervous going into this today and all my worst fears were borne out. We weren't at the races, were we, today? Well, I mean, we were all right for the opening bit up until they scored, but we never really properly felt at all like we were going to score. I mean, I was saying before the game, from watching the Fulham game, I watched them and Mitrovic looks really out of shape. But when the ball was going in the box, he was still always in the right place. And he, he didn't score, but he had quite a few chances and he was in, he was just knows where to stand versus Pat Bamford where I'm watching him and I'm thinking, what's he doing? Like he's he's out. We've got some of the ball out wide and he's stood outside the box over on the left-hand side of the pitch or something. He's thinking, why would you why would you do this? Go and get in the box. That's what you're meant to do, surely, as a striker. But if his job is to pull people out of position, which it seems to be, and he's praised for it, then is he doing the wrong thing? He's just following instructions, isn't he? Yeah, I mean, you could hear Bielsa yelling, you know, very good, Patrick, and all that when he's making the runs. So if that's what he's told to do, that's what he's told to do. Can we at least agree that he isn't told to block the ball on the line when it's going into the goal? I was going to say, I don't think any of his instructions included dragging the defenders across in front of a shot. Well, let's talk about Bamford then, because people are going to listen to this and they're going to say, yeah, you're victimising him again, you're picking on him. And it's like, but... It's like we've never been away. The thing with Bamford is... It is his job. He's always going to be ultimately judged on what he does in the attacking sense, not on his, his running play or anything he does in terms of tracking back. His job is is a striker. And the bits where he did the strikey bits today, he wasn't effective enough. Not saying he was shit, but he made some poor decisions again. And they, you know, when you contrast it with what happened with Cardiff, they had two chances, scored them both. We had chance after chance after chance, even if they weren't clear cut, but you need to be doing something with them. At least, at least work the keeper. Yeah, a lot of Bamford's best work is when he's chasing defender to defender, just making them play it out. But because Cardiff never tried to do that, they just did a straightforward lump it forward as soon as possible. He didn't even get to do that side of his game. So it, I'd struggle to find anything good in his performance today. You compare anything he did with Glatzel's contribution and just the finish for that goal, which was an absolutely top-notch strike, half a chance. I mean, I've not got the exact XG, but if Cardiff's whole thing is 0.3. They're not giving it a, a big rating. Um, good finish, ping it in off a post, bang. That's that's what you want from a, a striker and it's what we never seem to get from from Pat. Just 
stick your laces through the ball when it's there and put it in the net. But let's be as fair to him as we can and say that it's not just his fault today, is it? You lose as an 11 and there were just not enough players at the races today or certainly not effective enough because we, we got, you know, I'll say that, that first maybe 20 minutes, we were all right in terms of running, weren't we? I thought Jackie was very much back to old Jack Harrison before he was became Jackie. He just lots of good positions, but there was a bit in the first half where it, he had two opportunities to cross it and he just hit the first man on both occasions. And it just was, it felt like I'd gone back in time to last season when I was continually frustrated with him. So he wasn't good and it costed him much on the other side. Roberts had an odd game, I thought, because he always looks really busy, does Roberts, and he had some nice touches, And but I'm not sure about him in that position. I, Given the way Bamford played, just put Roberts up front. Before this all shut down, there was a lot of demand to put Roberts up front after he came on at Hull and scored those two goals and everyone was like, oh yeah, he can, he can actually score chances. And we've gone away and I still think that Roberts might be a decent option to play to go up front. I would agree with that. I like Roberts. And you can say what you like about whether I like Bamford or not. <laughs> I'm just looking at Bamford's numbers for the, the day and I don't think there's any way really of saying he had a good, a good match today. What we're saying, ground duels, 3-1-0, nothing, 1-1 one, one in the air at four, lost possession 10 times, two big chances missed, two shots off target. Yeah, he's not really comeback firing, bless him, or Pat, but he'll probably score a hat-trick against Fulham while Mitrovic lies on the floor crying and then we'll have to change our mind again. Well, in mitigation for Bamford, they were playing in such a way, and it was um, Ed Morrish on Twitter who I saw tweet this, is that Neil Harris's plan was basically stick 10 behind the ball and wait for Leeds to make a mistake, and it worked twice. Yeah, Bamford would have had a much easier day if Calvin hadn't given them a goal start. Once they had that goal and they immediately started taking 20 minutes over every throw-in and uh, all the little head injuries that they went down with, oh, no, my, my skull's falling apart. Oh, actually, no, I'm fine. Thanks for stopping the game, ref. And then putting um, all their players into their penalty area does make it very difficult for a player like Bamford um, or any striker to to start just pinging shots away and scoring loads of goals. So that didn't help. It was We saw this a lot earlier in the season and where when we go behind, teams just do that. They show up shot no matter what stage of the game it is and then it's up to us to try and break them down. And I think that's maybe you can be as fit as you want and have done all the, the hard work at home as you want, but that little bit of sharpness to get the passes in the right place, to get the overlap so the ball isn't going out of play, it's going to, to feet. All that stuff is where you need a couple of games for it to come back. There's truth in that as well, because it's not difficult to shit out a game, is it? it? You can you know lump it forward and get the lads to chase it down until their legs go. Whereas if you're playing this technical interplay that Bielsa and Leeds like to do, it's that little bit harder to execute if you're not quite sharp. I think the disappointment today was that we've seen how we've come out at the start of other seasons and we've absolutely been flying and teams haven't been able to cope with us, like both in the Bristol game this year and Stoke one last season. And there was a bit of an expectation that the same would happen. And this just didn't start particularly well. I mean, the first 10, 15, it was a fairly even game. But then we got well on top again, I thought, until they scored. It was looking like we were turning the screw. But it wasn't anything like the intensity of that Stoke game. There was no point at which they looked overwhelmed by us. They just seemed they seemed very happy with sort of eight or nine men in the box and to defend everything we put in there. It was actually quite a lot like games from this season. Maybe that's something reassuring that we did stick to the pattern of a lot of the time we spent the first 15 minutes kind of just seeing how the game's going, not really bringing anything to it, letting it find its its rhythm. And then from 15 minutes to half time, we dominate teams. And that's pretty much what we did today. And it was when just when the goal came 
um, it went for them instead of for us. And that's what's changed it. And you know, it's that point at which they started shithousing and time wasting immediately. You know, when they got that throw on the far side and he had the ball in his hands and then started to make a route down the, the touchline to go get the other ball that had been placed there for him to use instead. And you thought, come on. And the ref told him to get on with it. But then obviously he took the time to clean the ball in his shirt, have a think, you know, text his mum or whatever. Well, he's got the disinfectant excuse now because the balls are supposed to be disinfected. So he could be all, oh no, that one looks a bit mucky. I'm going to go and get an, another ball. And then there's a spot on this one. Has anybody got any gif? My mum said, I can't get dirty today. That sort of excuse. Yeah, it just got away from us today, didn't it? It feels like it just got away from us and we never quite hit the heights that we've seen coming back. And yeah, it, when you're playing a team like Cardiff, the opportunity, it just didn't feel like the opportunities were there today. We just lacked whatever it is that we generally lack. I think the worst of it was exposed today. I think as well, a team like Cardiff who are packing a defence, you need someone who can thread a little pass at a key moment and we have Pablo for that and we didn't today, so... He may have made a difference, I'm not sure. Pablo in, in number 10 and Roberts up front. We might win that game, I've no idea. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. So let's pick out one or two positives if we can then. Uh, we've seen Ian Pervader. He's no longer a stranger to us. What do you think? I like it when he stands on the ball. I think that's good. How do you mean? He stands on the ball and he stops and then the other team can't get it off him. And he kind of rolls it towards them and they think, oh, we can get this. And then they can't and he keeps it. It's good. And then he, he passes it to one of our players and that's good. And his, uh, you were talking about those balls into the, the box and that one that was it Jackie nearly got onto or was it Tyler running through mm. that just was, a, if he'd started his run that little bit sooner. And there was the one as well when, um, this is maybe where Sharpness comes into it, but that save that Smithy's made from, um, was it Tyler Roberts again at the back post? Yeah. Roberts was just a little bit, sl not slow exactly, but I, I think maybe if he'd played six games in the last six weeks, he'd have been on that just that little bit sooner um, and got it from an angle where Smithies wouldn't have been able to make the save. There was just a feeling for me that he was coming from further back than he might have been if he'd anticipated it more, if he'd have been more used to, basically if he hadn't spent the last three months like we all have just sat at home, not kicking a ball anywhere. So there's... There's bits like Pervader coming on and playing some of those passes and 
and worrying Cardiff enough that they immediately had to stick two players on him at all times made me think that actually we were all looking forward to Big Kev coming back for after the break and kind of forgot about Pervader that but if he um, it was being mentioned in dispatches during the week that Bielsa has liked him in the last couple of weeks of training so that could be a bonus I mean what you're talking about there with Roberts with that mischance at the far post couldn't you say the same for Bamford though that would be a bit unfair to Bamford he's always like that though he is, that's true. And I almost, yeah, I had to stop myself then because I didn't want to be unfair to Bamford by saying that Tyler Roberts was like Bamford time getting on some of those chances because it's one of the things that frustrates me about Bamford is sometimes I think he he waits to see what happens before going to the ball, whereas a striker like Mitrovic will go where he thinks it's going to happen and will nine times out of ten he's right. And so I think that's kind of what kind of did for Roberts on that chance a bit as well, where it's just like the ball's got to go, oh, I could get on that. Whereas um, a sharper Roberts or a Mitrovic would have already been onto that. And Bamford just, well, I mean, he's a nice boy. Well, that chance that he um, he lunged at with his left foot and you were kind of praying for him to go with his right, weren't you, at that point? Um, I want. I, we were sat here watching it together. We were socially distanced, of course. I watched it together for the first time in ages. And I defended him then a little bit because I think he, if you watch the chance, he went forward. Then the line moved up, so he had to step back, which obviously took his momentum backwards. And then he had to go forward again because he'd had to stay on side to try and get on that chance. So and then he lunged at it with his wrong foot because he always goes with his left foot. He could have had all the time. He could have been standing there for ages. And you don't worry about offside. It's, we're not playing by that rule anymore. And he's got all, all time in the world to prepare for a ball coming to him very slowly. And he will go with his left foot because he always does. If he'd have gone with his right foot, it's not such a stretch for him because of the angle that it's coming in at. He can hit it relatively comfortably on his right foot, but he tries to manipulate his left into such an odd position that he, he can't stretch enough. Anyway, we were going to do the, the positive bits and just slagging <laughs> off Bamford again, aren't we? My fault, sorry. But Perveda was good. And Tyler Roberts is good. And he showed, I think, again, sharpness is more of a worry for our team than it is for a team like Cardiff, who, as you mentioned in that tweet, they're basically playing the percentages to see what mistakes we make. When you've got possession, we had 69%, they had 31% of the possession. You know, that's, we are, what, two, three times as likely on the ball to make mistakes. Basically, we're giving ourselves much more opportunity to make mistakes. And mistakes like that are going to creep in when you haven't played a lot of games for, for a long time. There's a... The other thing to remember about today compared to Premier League teams, and I will sound like Gary Monk at this point, but we did have a week less than the other clubs coming back. So Premier League teams have had, what was it, four weeks? And the Championship teams have had three. So the the training has been strange. And I think when our game is based on those precise passes, reading everybody's runs, everybody getting into the, the right place, rehearsed movements, and you've only had a couple of weeks to try and get that back, it's harder to get to that to that level. Basically, we would we should be getting some kind of advantage for being a much better team than all the others. I think we should have like a two-goal head start because of how much more difficult it is for us to... We're, we're not just trying to win. And Neil Harris said this during the week. He said, uh, oh, I've not really, I've not really looked at anything uh, tactically because the transfer window's closed. So he's not tried to change anything in their style of play. Transfer window's closed. So, And he said all, all it's about at this stage of the season is trying to win. So that's all Cardiff are doing is they're just out there trying to win. We're out there trying to strike a blow for beauty in the world, for justice, fairness, truth and happiness. And that's much, much more difficult things to achieve. And I think there should be some kind of allowance or dispensation made for the that we are trying to do something much more difficult than the other teams are. And we're trying to do it with Pat Bamford up front. If we're trying to create beauty in the world, 
where does Liam Cooper's pass for their second goal fit into that um, pursuit of... Uh, League One. That's where it fits in. That wasn't good, was it? I think, was it you in the last podcast, Moscow, saying that Liam Cooper's got over his Cardiff thing? Doesn't look like it, does it? No. I mean, it's, it's, I don't know what was worse, him just booting that guy in the chest in the, uh, the click game for absolutely no reason whatsoever, or that pass. How do we feel then overall about today? Shite. I mean, we are where we were, apart from in terms of league position and gap to third. But in most respects, we've, it's one of those things where we fail to take advantage of an opportunity, which is different from a real like season-defining blow that, that ruins everything. We are still seven points clear of Fulham, I think. 71 yes. minus 64, right. So that's a big gap and we play them next. So if we beat them, I don't see that there's any particular problem. We've lost a match, but worse things could have happened. That is the the only saving grace from today is that we are where we were. And, you know, maybe there is a positive in the fact that Leeds as a club, maybe us as a fan base as well, because we are our most dangerous when we have an opportunity like this and we start to believe that we're going to take it. And actually, we need these reminders to reset our expectations and just remind us that it's going to be a slog. And we've got, what now is it? How many games left? Seven? Eight? Eight. Eight left. Eight games left. And we need to put everything into all of them because we've all made the mistake of doing the maths based on yesterday's results and going, oh, well, if we get this many points, then it's done and dusted. And actually, let's just get full and beat, shall we, next week? It's not going to be easy for anybody. Looking at West Brom's results, and I know we have to discount the pre-lockdown games, but to draw nil-nil with Birmingham is not a good result for them. Their last game before lockdown was nil-nil with Swansea. And then the game before that, they lost 1-0 to Wigan. So their last three league games, they've not scored a goal. And yet, obviously, two of those were felt like years ago, so you kind of have to discount them a bit. But then if they've come back and not suddenly started scoring off the off, then it still seems to be worrying them. Fulham just losing because they're rubbish. That's fine. And then I was losing to Cardiff because we always lose to Cardiff and we always lose to Neil Harris. And it's just the way things go. And we're the ones with the the seven-point gap between us and failure. Fulham have to make that sort of thing up. Brentford have to make it up. Forest hunting us down with their terrifying 1-1 draw with whoever they were playing with. That was really frightening stuff from Michael Dawson. Ooh, a draw with Sheffield Wednesday. I feel like I'm in the sights. So, you know, the, the idea that we were going to come back, win all nine games and just go up at a canter was a lovely dream to keep us going through the pause of the sport of football, but it's not on pause anymore and it's back to being real and it's going to be really difficult. I mean, Michael, you pulled an interesting uh, point out of the numbers today. Uh, was it five shots we faced on target against Cardiff this year? Yep, all of them gone in. Not fair. The shots today, we had 17 and three were on target. So that's a, that's a problem. 11 of them were in the box three on target. I'm amazed, right? It didn't feel like we had 17 shots, did it? A we, lot of those must have been blocked within about a, an inch of being kicked. We had a, we attacked a lot. I think that's one of those games where if you kind of took the, the emotion and the liveness out of it, or if it felt live at all without a crowd or anything, and just watched it and totted it up of like, is chance, chance, are we attacking? We were doing all the attacking, even at 2-0, we're in their box in the 96th minute, trying to score and being again quite unlucky not to um 
You know what we're like, though. That's very Leeds. Well, the tendency after a performance like this, and you, you look on Twitter, people are saying, disgusting performance, we were shite. You know, and it's not. It's just, it is a game of fine margins, isn't it? And if we don't fuck up, if Calvin doesn't give the ball away and they don't go one in front, and maybe it's a completely different game. And it wasn't just the mistakes either. Other people weren't quite on it, like we said. I don't think Clicker thought faded quite a lot in the game. I think he was all right to begin with. But like Cooper generally has been fairly reliable this season. Calvin has been arguably our best player. It's Ailing wasn't quite on it, I didn't think either. I mean, he went off on the hour mark, didn't he? I don't know if he was carrying a bit of an injury or something. That seemed slightly odd to take him off. But he didn't seem to be getting forward quite as much as he was compared to like the Huddersfield games. I don't know. It just nothing quite worked. It'd be wrong. I know we've put the blame here on the two mistakes and Pat Bamford for not scoring. But there was more going wrong than that. But nothing in the general play was completely disastrous. It just didn't quite work. And everything is different. Like the routine is different, flying down to Cardiff, playing in a a stadium that's completely empty. I don't know where the away dressing rooms were for this match, but I know that for the, they were saying that for the Fulham game, Brentford had to get changed in um, the media room that they turned into an away dressing room because Fulham were using both home dressing rooms to make sure that the social distancing was was all correct. And I don't want to say we just write that game off and, and pretend it didn't happen, but there was a sense, especially coming back after so long away into a, a way of playing that is so vastly different from how it was before. You almost needed all that to happen to see what it's like. And then next time, you may be a little bit better. It's like, oh, okay, we know what it's like playing in a, an empty stadium now. We know that the the referees are still as anti-leads as they were before. I'm not wrong about this, that every time a Cardiff player went flying through a Leeds player, you'd get play on and then we'd do a little like a niggly hand on the shoulder or something like that's a free kick and I'd give them 12 free kicks if I could. It was a very away to Cardiff refereeing performance as well. On that, um, John O'Bradley's tweeted as saying, blokes chat about how the five subs and drinks breaks are somewhat of a leveller against teams like Cardiff. Do you think that played into it a little bit because they've got more legs that they can use. We can't tire teams out as much to get a chance to stop and have a drink when we're running them ragged. I think it's something that we've seen teams attempt to do just with fake injuries against us, is they have a little break. The Huddersfield, that was part of their plan against us, wasn't it? Was that they'd have a little, almost like a pre, a pre-planned injury where we, they can have a little sit down and a rest and go and speak to the manager and stuff. And when that's encoded in the rules that you can do that, and when you can make more subs, it's, it, doesn't, it doesn't benefit us. And particularly when we have not the strongest bench as well, I would have to say. Like we don't, it was a very... There's a fair lot, a fair amount of talent on it, but there's not an awful lot on there that you think that that player will make a massive difference for us if we bring them on. And if you were worried about defending against a, a rampant Leeds, you have the option now to have a full new defence on your bench and bring them all on. So you could, with 20 minutes to go, bring on a new back four, all fresh legs. So that's, yeah, it does level things a, a little bit. And you saw the fitness, you saw both sides of it, one with, uh, Jackie getting all the way back, chasing their player and putting in a brilliant slide tackle in something like the 88th minute to to stop them. And then when you also saw Click, who I think he probably found some time to play a few games during the lockdown anyway, just because trying to keep his record up. He's like the, uh, he's probably like some of these fans who haven't missed a, a match since 1967. Is the equivalent of that? Oh no, I've got to, I've got to get some some 90 minutes in. And he was tired by the end of, when he. Uh, he gave the ball away and dragged, um, was it Bakuna, down and got a yellow card for it. You could tell then he looks knackered. Just, And it'll purely be, and that's not him being unfit. I think that's just he has played a lot of football and the break will not necessarily have been kind to him. But yeah, it's something we need to um, 
to negotiate, putting the ball in the net would solve a lot of those problems. On that, Cage has tweeted us saying, what do you think about swapping Bamford and Roberts around as a pair? Maybe get um, Bamford doing a little bit more link-up play and then Roberts doing the striking. Swap them, but then take Bamford and swap him with someone who's on the bench. That would be, I think, I never like the idea of playing a Bamford because there's, there's lots of options and people always make these suggestions. We could play him as a 10, we could play him left wing, play him right wing. It seems like you're finding a, the wrong solution. So probably just play somebody else. Like, I mean, if you've got... We don't uh, have anybody else. If Pablo, Hernandez, if Pablo Hernandez is fit, you play him. You don't worry about where, whether Pat Bamford's playing as a, a 10 or not. And it, who, is, who is it reminding me of? The, oh, it's from um, Grayson's team at Old Trafford when he played Becchio as a 10. And he was just there to just try and win all the headers and, and do all the dirty stuff. And I, I think we're, we're looking for more creativity there. And I just don't think... It'd still be getting in the box. It'd still be in the way. Right then, so let's pick some heroes and villains then from this uh, this game. The great comeback. I mean, I know who we're putting as villains straight away. It's Adam Forshaw. Is it? Of course it is. After he talked us up so much, so we're going to oh, canter it. Yes, we are romping it, aren't we? And you, Michael, you were confident, you idiot. I was very, very slightly confident. I wasn't confident. I wasn't certainly wasn't Forshaw confident, was I? I was keeping it relatively safe, I think. To the extent where you betted on who today? Oh, obviously Cardiff. And returned? Uh, £27. From? Including steak. Uh, £5. Not bad. Great, nice one. Dead pleased. Any, um, any heroes? LUTV worked. Yeah, that was, that was good. That was almost a pleasant su- surprise. I was fully expecting to switch it on and have a, it buffering and it shown as the eighth minute 14 times and that sort of thing that it's done before. But yeah, it worked really well. That's the thing. We didn't have the crowd noise today, did we? Because we weren't watching it on Sky. We were watching it on LUTV. But we also didn't have Don Goodman because the LUTV footage did cut to Don Goodman at some point. He was ranting at a television as well, wasn't he? He looked angry about something. Nothing had happened controversial in about 10 minutes in the game that I could see, but he was still pointing at a replay as something as if, you know, the the most horrendous thing he'd ever seen on a football pitch had happened. Uh, Let's give one uh, Jackie Harrison. His, all his haircuts yep and uh, Robbie Gotts we saw Robbie Gotts that's uh, always a bonus and Marcelo Bielsa for bringing Robbie Gotts on I think he's he's cut that uh, that little joke off straight away hasn't he because everyone was saying we'll be able to you could have 20 substitutes available and he still wouldn't bring Gotts on is it nope Gottsy out you go I was surprised to see Gotts rather than Shackleton I have to say he'll have done well in murder ball won't he he'll have been uh, scampering about so in conclusion then, do we just write this one off and go again on Saturday? We haven't named any villains, everybody. We have. Adam Forshaw. <laughs> Told you. Uh, Glatzel, I mean, having a striker who just can come on and twat the ball into a net, that seems that's, that seems annoying. And um, Morrison, their defender. This is kind of retro, retrospective, but I, was, I watched the highlights of the 3-3 game earlier and remembered that he turned up for that match with a, um, a bleached blonde handlebar moustache. So for that, because I don't think we, uh, we nominated him at the time, so he can have his nomination now. All right, then we'll wrap it up there then. Um, LeviSolicitors.co.uk forward slash the square ball to get you 10% off your legal fees. And let's just come back on Saturday with the next match ball once we've done the, the regular podcast and we've slept on it and all that. And just hope for a better day for everybody and hope that Patrick Bamford's got his shooting boots on and not his standing in the way of somebody else's shot boots. Yeah? He, he's going to score a hat-trick and he'll, he will celebrate the third one by dragging Mitrovic's uh, shirt off him and then pulling him around, pulling him around by his wig. That's what is going to happen. 
Let's hope so, eh? I hope he draws a little square as a little, and then does a does two fingers at the camera as a little thing for us because he hates us that much. <laughs> but right. that's fine if he scores. Absolutely fine. Yeah, and let's hope that the centre-half doesn't give it to their players and our um, most talented and most valuable player in the deep-lying midfield role also doesn't give it to their players. And then we'll probably all be fine. It'll be a different game, won't it, Fulham? They're going to have to try and attack us and play some football as well rather than just putting every player in their penalty box and twatting it clear repeatedly until we fuck up. I hate Cardiff. Told you they were shit. Never have to play them again after this, though, will we? Once we're promoted. Once they go up through the playoff. <laughs> Fingers crossed and all that. Fingers crossed that they don't. Right, thanks for listening to this edition of The Match Ball. We'll speak to you through the week. The Match Ball. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details.